0: Win, uh. Yeah. Oula patrons. I was gonna do a big Ola to our patrons. Probably better than I didn't, actually, to be fair. Um, mm. welcome to Riot Act. This is the Riot Tears review. If you are a patron and you're on patreon.com forward slash riot act podcast, cheers. You listen to this nice and early because you've given me, Stephen Hill, and him, Renfrey Deadman. Hello, some money to do some stuff like this. Yay. This is the thing that we're gonna do. What we do, you give us some money. You suggest an album, we talk about that album, which is what we're going to do right now. Today... It's punk rock in it, Free? It's punk. It's punk as fuck. So we invited our favourite punk rocker. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Hello, it's me, John Lydon. <laughs>
0: oh, if only. Um you think John Lydon would have? It's Matt Stocks, by the way. Hello, Matt. Nice to see Hello you again,
1: boys. Thank you for having me on once again to the behind the Patreon paywall mm. subgenre of uh, right. Yeah, well, you're, it does You're go not out, getting should... any of the patrons I by the way. Say... <laughs> Just yeah. so you Do know. I get a cut?
0: <laughs> I should say no, no, because it will go out free. Later, oh, is it uh, was so an date. early release for Patreon, yeah. and then okay, yeah, well, it's so, good to be here. Yeah, it's nice. Thanks very much for coming. If you're not a patron, uh, can you be one, please? Um, <laughs>
2: you're not a patron, you'll be hearing this in like August, I
0: think, <laughs> yeah, or July, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah we're recording yeah. in
2: March, so
0: but we asked Matt on, um, because we are doing famous monsters by the Misfits top five Frankenstein, Dracula.
1: <laughs> we're, the werewolf. Took me a while to go. The mummy. The mummy. The mummy. The mummy. And um, Piers Long Morgan. Chaney. Don Chaney. <laughs> does, yeah. does Medusa count? Medusa, Medusa would be way up there.
2: <laughs> Medusa's fucking awesome. Yeah. Anyway,
0: Doug Ray suggested that. I should Stay point out. Thank you, Doug, for suggesting this. Thank you for your uh, patronage. We much appreciate that. Well done, um, good suggestion as well. Famous Monsters by the Misfits. So, the reason, as I said, we asked Matt, Matt, you uh, your you're punk rockers. Uh, as fuck, aren't you? You love punk rock. That's your kind of your favourite thing,
1: really, isn't it? You're setting me up to fail again. <laughs> no, I'm not. You're testing my punk credentials. No, I do as a as a genre of music, as a lifestyle, as a system of beliefs, as a uh, movement in art history. Mm-hmm. It's my favourite thing ever. Yeah, I love it. Um, it's given me a just a sense of purpose in life. From not just my music taste, but my podcasting. You know, I would say this yeah. podcast is very much of the same mm-hmm. DIY punk ethos it is and yeah. it all comes from that um which is i guess about being original and independent mm-hmm. and um hopefully challenging and exciting as well yeah so we strive to be all those things right of course we yeah. do it's interesting you'd p- you'd you'd
0: pick the uh, the ethos and the uh the kind of um the the political it's the socio-political um aspects of punk rock when we're about to be talking about the misfits
2: yeah
1: Who Who are arguably the most politically charged band to ever come out (laughs) of New Jersey, right? See you later. <laughs> <laughs> as your punk credentials come out the window. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Bruce Springsteen's raging at the moment as, as it's called sort of, irony guy. Yeah, oh, cool. yeah, I know. So anyway, um the misfits. So uh we we will be talking about famous monsters, um, released on the fifth of October nineteen ninety nine. Um Halogen days. Oh, great days. Uh, just before the old white. What do you remember bug.
1: about nine nine?
2: Nine nine. Um Issues by Court. No, that was the next year. Fuck. The fragile um, by Next came out that year. Yeah.
0: Um, the Foo Fighters. There's there nothing, nothing Left, left to lose. lose came out that year. I uh, think was really, wasn't it? Uh, no, there was, no um, there was loads of stuff. Quite a lot of stuff. A weird time issues. for Punk.
1: Yeah, a weird time for Punk. Yeah. Um, I, guess, I guess. It was really a window in the...
0: Would it be yeah. pre-emo and post the kind of... Epitaph and
1: Fat was sort of winding down yeah. by this
0: point, wasn't it? Blink-182. I and guess that was it, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah. The rise
1: of newfound Glory, Good S- Charlotte. Gar Scar- Pop- punk Pop-punk. Yeah, well, Pop- Scar was kind of over and done by 99. I guess 96, 97, 98 would have been the, the peak Scar years of the third wave revival. Maybe.
0: I mean, I don't know. Less Than Jake. <clears> well, into- less Than Jake continued, than Jake. but bands fish. like
1: Boss Tones, Goldfinger. Yeah, that's true. They'd sort of peaked. Uh, yeah I guess true. yeah it was w- it was when scar became like a b- it was probably more off the back of the wave of success of bands like bowling for soup blink mm-hmm. 182 sum mm-hmm. 41 Newfound glory real big fish and less than jake kind of transcended into the the mainstream mm. arena no, that's, no, that's, that's that's a good point that's cuz they're fucking incredible right steve uh, well i've look. toured with both bands i love both <laughs> bands i think they have their place um, i really like nostalgic I, entertainment I, I really like real big fish so. but it was a, it was a, it was a weird and strange time for but let's be honest. For punk rock, mm. yeah, Green Pop Day punk is not punk rock. No, and Scar Punk, although I love it, is not, not really punk, punk rock, no. is it? No.
2: no. no. Well, Green um, Day, Green Day had just released Nimrod the previous year, hadn't no, Ninety-seven they, so. was Nimrod. No,
1: you're right. Ninety-seven yes, it was, was, was 97. Nimrod. So
0: they were gearing up to release Warning, to do Warning yeah, which is the which kind is the of next year. the step away. Uh, 1999 would have been um, Offspring would be on Americana, maybe yes. about to be Conspiracy of One at this yes. point. Um, there are some loonies
1: on the internet. God knows what Rancid were doing. No effects. Well, would
2: Rancid it... were. Rancid were War on Errorism, maybe, for No Effects. They were about to release yeah. that self titled fifth album,
1: but. Yeah, so Rancid were on Life, life Went Wait in
0: 97. Uh, So they, but they, yeah, it was 2000. A lot of the
1: bands had made the best work they were probably going to make. Yes. Yeah. From the, from the 90s third wave. Yeah, that's true.
2: Apart from Blink-182, who did actually make their best album that year with Animo of the State, obviously. Again, you agree, right, Steve?
1: He does. He's just sipping some. Don't wine. care.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> Shit house. And an interesting time for the band in question. Definitely
0: well. an interesting time for the band in question. Now, before, um, so that's a little bit of context. I think, and quite well done, Matt. That yeah, good yeah very, very really good. Thank you. About man. punk Trying rock. Trying to earn um, my keep. Um, <laughs> I would say uh, the Misfits at this point, particularly one interesting, one interesting band, particularly as like uh, for me. Uh, so I, was, I would have been 19 when this record came out. Um, Michael Graves' era Misfits. So the album before this was, what was it called? American, uh, American Psycho, Psycho in 1997. Right now, um, the Misfits as the kind of, as what is touring around today, Wolfgang von Frankenstein, Jerry Only, and uh, Glenn Danzig being the kind of, the the staple classic Misfits lineup. Um not only did that not exist in the 90s, getting to hear the Misfits in a pre internet, pre Spotify mm. um, generation was nigh on, I would say, nigh on impossible. For me. As a yeah, yeah, yeah. as a as a kid living in, you know, Hampshire in the late nineties, having seen Kirk Hammett wearing Misfits t-shirts, oh. having heard Metallica covering last covering Last Caress, No Effects covered Last Caress as well. Um you Metallica
1: know, did a few, right? They yeah, did Metallica did Hell Green, well. Green Hell.
0: Yeah, die Die my darling. and you know, and with the Misfits being just, you know, obviously referenced by the likes of timing typo negative an obvious
1: uh, and and brilliant what well, AFI around this point
2: AFI um... Black Sails in the Sunset was this year as well wasn't mm-hmm.
1: it Not? that logo yeah. was synonymous way, way before uh Slayer Ramones way before those other iconic band designs became so ubiquitous with high street fashion yeah Misfits were probably the first band that everybody knew that logo before they knew the music. Yeah. Motorhead?
0: Then Motorhead, isn't it? Mm, yeah.
1: yeah, but Motorhead, you've you've got the name of the band within yeah, that's it. True. So you sort of know, oh, that's Motorhead. And I think I skull said that would yeah. be like, what is that? I think I said that, but I think I've said it on the podcast before. My
0: ex-girlfriend bought a Misfits t-shirt that didn't say Misfits, it was just a skull. And I went, Oh my god, you've got a Misfits t-shirt. And she went, No, it's just a skull. And I went, no, it's the Misfits skull. And I actually had to get the bottom of it and go, look, look at the very small print at the bottom of the thing, copyright the Misfits. So yes, you're right. Ubiquitous, um, iconic imagery. Lots of bands who someone like myself would be very familiar with, type of negative, AFI, Metallica being just a few of them, No Effects being you know another one as well, mm-hmm. who were clearly massively into the Misfits. But
2: where, where to hear records. the
0: music? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of the Misfits with Glenn Danzig, I knew Glenn Danzig was obviously, but I do not remember hearing the Misfits music with Glenn Danzig until uh,
1: Static Age. Would have been it been a static lot? Static Age, yeah. The, the, the
0: re-release of Static yeah. Age
1: in whatever year it was, I think um, that would have been around ninety-seven. Would it? Or was yeah, it? I even, think you're right. Yeah, because
2: yeah. they, they didn't. They really they released a box set. They of did all yeah. that stuff. Mm. Um, Which then had Static Age in it, which is basically Static Age's Misfits' first album, but it hadn't been heard at Mm. this point. Was that right? Yeah. Um, Best
1: album as well, right? I Um, think so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah.
2: And then they. um, And this was back when
1: CDs cost quite a bit of money as well. Oh, God, yeah. So who has the money as like a 15 year old kid to go and buy a box set of a band that they might have not even heard any music. Exactly. From. It's, a bit, it's a bit of a gamble, isn't it? Yeah. Just, just a bit.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I remember seeing this box set in Virgin Megastore where I used to work. And, um, even with my staff discount, I was like, can I really like, it's too big a risk. It's too big a risk. Um, I, you know, knowing what I know now, I probably should have just bought the damn thing. Findsight is always yeah, 2020. Yeah, yeah.
0: But it was, mate, that's the thing. It was, I saw it. I think I saw it on the, the shelves of HMVs, in and around Hampton, Reading and Basingstoke when I was a kid yeah. and it being like 44.99 50 quid or whatever yeah. and
2: well I had I had 25% staff discount and even even with the discount it felt too much of a risk you know Yeah, like, yeah it was yeah, like yeah, yeah. oh I don't know it would have been yeah around that yeah. price so
0: I can actually remember the very very first time I heard any Misfits song ever 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 was, was this album?
1: Me too. Was this on was this my album. introduction to Misfits.
2: Yeah. Ah, yes. perfect. So, um, I am the same. <laughs> well, <laughs> yeah, well yeah, there, you yeah. there you go. Full house. Yeah, because yeah, so, it was released I mean, on Roadrunner. I was so obsessed with Roadrunner by exactly, point. Yeah. yeah,
0: interesting that it was out on Roadrunner, yeah. particularly with yeah. the roster. Like, that was something else we we'll were talk about later on, the roster that Roadrunner had at that point. Um, I can tell you exactly uh, when it was. It was the video to the song Scream. Cree-
1: that was my ah. first track I heard too, yeah.
2: yeah. Not I'd, the video, um, but the song. I don't recall the first, to be honest. But um, yes, yeah, Scream was the, it was originally written for the Scream 3 film, apparently. Was it? And then they never used it. I didn't yeah. know that. Yeah. But
0: um, yeah. so Roadrunners do these videos, and shout out anyone who remembers these. I've still got them at home somewhere at my mum's house. The Drill in the Vein video was the oh, Roadrunner the VHS vein. videos that they would release, and it had a video from all of the artists on their roster at the time. There was one that came out in the one that came out in 1999. Had like cars with Fear Factory and Gary Newman. Um, had a thing. Had an imprint vision disorder video was on there as well. Had take my skirt, Scar- not take my scars um, from this day with Machine Head, the old orange boiler suit. Oh fun. great, had that on it as well. Um, and it had Scream by the Misfits. Uh, and I got it, and I remember going, "Oh my god, that band that everyone goes on about, the Misfits. Here they are. This fucking." You know, because at this point you'd seen pictures of them and you see the front cover of Famous Monsters, which I'd seen, you know, yeah. skulls and, you know, darkness and all this. And I was like, oh, thank
1: but fuck. But also and camp. And there's a sense of fun as well. It's mm. not like scary, like Slayer. It's like it's definitely embracing the kind of kitsch.
2: Yeah, definitely. B-movie yeah. schlock yeah. imagery. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: So
0: I thought like, oh, I'm looking forward to, to hearing this band. And Scream comes on, and it's directed by George Romero, the uh, oh, the video yeah. for Scream. It's a fucking brilliant video. But I have to say, my initial reaction, the first time I heard it, the first time I ever heard The Misfits, I was like, what's this? Like, listening mm. to Vision Disorder mm. and, mm. you know, and Machine Head and those bands, and then hearing this guy singing in this kind of really 50s-style rock and roll. You know, the the yeah. the it's such a kind of... You know, hanging out happy days, hanging out by the drive-in. It's girl you know. group.
1: Do what? Yeah, all of that yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah. Phil rem- Spector.
0: I remember going. How does this band
1: fit in? Yeah,
0: that Metallica and fucking Typo Negative have been going yeah. on about how brilliant they are. Why do they sound like this? I don't oh. I don't oh. understand. And my initial list- listen to Scream was like. What a pile of wank! What a, was wank. It really? what a wank band! Yeah, <laughs> I was completely like, "This is rubbish."
2: I don't think I would have gone as far as a pile of wank, but I do remember being distinctly unimpressed the first time I got around to hear it. Just, just, yeah. just being like, "Mad, isn't it?" Eh. Meh. Yeah, Matt, yeah. yeah. I'm I the bet exact you didn't. Opposite, right? right. Okay. I,
1: I always grew up loving Buddy Holly, Chuck Berry. That was always like. It's always st- still now. As much as I love punk, for me, the original punks were Little Richard. Um, oh yeah roy orbison like those guys were against the grain they were they were dangerous they were exciting lewis jerry lee i mean what an animal um and so when i heard that i was like i just had all the reference points in my head and i wasn't really listening to as extreme music as perhaps you were i was definitely into system of down deftones corn all of that new metal stuff uh but i always had this huge soft spot for rock and roll and so when i heard it i was like oh my god It was Mm. like my dream band. It felt like, I imagine Kiss fans felt in the 70s, like a band that's just from out of space, Mm. has landed on Earth, larger than life, compiled all your favourite elements of science fiction, horror, cartoon imagery, 50s rock and roll, do-wop girl group kind of pop melodies, and just delivered in this totally perfect package. And Michael Graves, what a singer. Mm. What a great singer. Uh, Well, yeah, this was... Yeah,
2: this is the thing. He gets so much shit for not being Danzig, mm-hmm. um, doesn't he? Well, like, there's
1: an interesting analogy that Joel from Airborne once said to me in regards to AC/DC, which is yeah. you know anybody who doesn't like Brian Johnson here at AC/DC, and you always have those fans like you do oh, in Misfits. Yeah, yeah. If it ain't Bon or if it ain't Glenn, I'm not interested. And Joel said to me once, he was like, "Imagine living your life without Thunderstruck. Like, yeah. it's <laughs> fucking ridiculous." <laughs> And I feel it's the same with this era of the Misfits. Like, imagine living your life without Scream, Saturday Night, Helena, Saturday night, Forbidden yeah, Zone. Helena, like, yeah. There's so many bangers on this album. Fiend Club, fucking. We Fiend Club. And cool. that's the yeah. Misfits Club, isn't it? Like yeah. the whole yeah. <laughs> yeah. staple of yeah. their Dust to the dust, mate. That dust fucking, to dust. That fucking... is, oh, mate. There's so many Just... great songs and it's such a well-produced album. And I think the thing when you do discover the Glendandig era Misfits is all those songs like Hybrid Moments and Last Caress are the kind of, perfect quintessential misfits tracks and Mm. static age is still the best misfits album i think objectively the production on it isn't as good it's a bit scratchy Mm. this is like glossy hd yes comparison yes
2: very much so i think i think you know not only did i discover this album first and um wasn't particularly impressed with it then when when i did become impressed with it and want to go back i then had another hurdle to get over which was the frankly shocking production even at the time yeah, of yeah, those yeah, original yeah. misfits records yeah. and and then i had to get over that hurdle as well so um yeah there are there are hurdles to get over unless what, you're matt stocks of course what <laughs> an interesting
0: what an interesting um i it's so funny that all of us heard this record first yeah. as our first or something from it as our first introduction to the misfits all of us have basically had completely differing differing experiences from it. You loved it straight away. You didn't love it straight away, but then got it and then got didn't it. get into the old stuff. I heard that song and heard a couple of the other songs because somebody had bought it, went rubbish, rubbish band, and then found Static Age when it came out and went... I'm going to listen to that instead and heard Static Age and immediately went, ah, that's what they're meant to sound like and became a total fucking one of those Michael Graves. No, 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 Danzig, all Danzig, you know, uh, Earth AD, Static Age. I'm not interested in any of the fucking famous monsters. I'm not interested in the Michael Graves stuff. I'm not going to say like bullshit. Like I'm not interested in any of that. And it's actually only been um, in the last probably 2000 and Nine two thousand and ten, when um when I heard this record, and actually went, oh actually they're good aren't they? There they are, are some good
2: real bangers on it. Yeah, I mean it's not a perfect record. Mm-hmm. Um, it has a, a fair amount of filler on it, but when it's good, it's fucking good. Well, it's quite long for a miss. Very for long, like
0: yeah. you know, considering there's a lot of songs on it, so there's always going to yeah. be a few worth dropping out. And yeah. none of them, I think, only look at, looking at the track listing now, one, two, three.
1: <clears throat> Four, four of the eighteen tracks. Pumpkinhead, stay away from Pumpkinhead. <laughs> yes, yeah. you're yeah. tired of living. His yeah. enemies are mostly dead. He's cruel and unforgiving. Like lyrics like that. <laughs> just yeah. Like, yeah. it's yeah, yeah, so yeah. peak Misfits. Like they really dialed up the kind of horror sci-fi imagery with exactly. this album and took yeah. it stratospheric, unashamedly. Kind of so. Yeah,
2: it's a it's a four, it's forty-four minutes long and it's eighteen tracks. Mm. um Then then there's you know that's. If the European version actually was 21 tracks and it's about 53 minutes or so um so I do feel like it's a bit long but like what are some of the highlights from this album for you personally Matt? uh
1: obvious one is Helena yes. as they obviously pronounce the name it's Helena and um, that's my sister's name so I used to sing it to her. She's, right. se- she's seven years younger than me. So she's quite a bit younger. So she would have been basically a baby. Okay. And I would have just been like, if I cut up your arms and cut <laughs> up your legs, like what great lyrics, would you still love yeah, me anyway? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think that's inspired by a film. I'm sure it is. It's it inspired- is.
2: Um, uh, it's like Helena's monsters or something like yeah. that. Yeah, something. And it's just
1: ones. like a quadriplegic. Yeah. Protagonist. Yeah. Incredible. Yeah. Um, also adore, um, Where is he? Saturday Night. Now that is basically like a doo-wop song. Yes. It's as doo-wop. I was crying. Like that for me is a beautiful 50s pastiche. Yeah. And again, knowing those reference points inside and out, loving that music since I was a kid, hearing like the Misfits do it in a kind of amped up steroided way. Yeah. I was like, this is, this music feels like it was just made with me in mind.
2: It's the ballad, isn't it?
1: It is. Um, Saturday
2: Night is my favourite song on the record. Is it? I love Such it. Such a great yeah, song. Can I just, can I just
1: say,
0: um, Helena or Helena, uh, you said the, the, the film, it's Boxing Helena.
1: Oh, yeah. right. That's right. it, Boxing yeah. Helena. I, I yeah. don't know
0: if you've ever seen the film
1: Boxing Helena. I can only imagine.
0: Right now, because just to kind of, I don't want to go off on too much, but th- to me that like, Doing a song about that film Niche. is so misfits Because I don't know if you know much about Boxing Helena. No, I no. became kind of... When it came out, I was... Like, I was uh, so I'm a bit older than you guys. I think I was nine or ten when that film came out. And the idea of it... So
2: like,
0: 1933? <laughs> hey, just after Todd Browning's Freaks. <laughs> Hilarious.
2: Um... <laughs> So
0: uh, yeah, I was nine or ten when that, that came out. Now um, Madonna signed on to, to, to play that part, and she got sued because she said, "Now nah, fuck this, I'm not doing it." And then she got sued for that. What she got sued because oh, she signed on. And then on. Kim Bassinger as, well ah. as well. Kim Bassinger also signed on and then unsigned on. Um, I've never seen Boxing Lane before, but it has got. Uh, it is one of the most poorly reviewed. It's one of the appalling films, apparently. So, Rival right *Misfits Alley*. Yeah, so it is like this terrible, be, like with Julian Sands plays the crazy Doctor Who, becomes obsessed with Cheryl Fenn, I think is the actress who ends up playing it. Right. And he captures. She's in a car, like she's a bitch, basically, and he's a, this plastic surgeon, and he's in completely in love with her. And then she has a car crash outside his house. He brings her into his big mansion. He basically cuts all of her arms and legs off, puts her in a box, and she just lays there going, "You fucking ass," and like just abuses him. And then she wakes up at the end, it's all a dream. That is the film. Not even joking. <laughs> that's the film. So so misfits. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Okay. So misfits. And a
1: great song. <laughs> yeah. 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 Incredible. It, great song. And that's song. right towards the end of the album, that's isn't track it? 17. So if you you know, if you checked out, you weren't gonna get that. Descending mm. Angel, incredible song. Don't monster say, Die. Yeah, oh that's good, yeah.
0: I've got to say uh, Dust to Dust and Fiend Club are my two favourite. I love Fink Club. Yeah, Fiend Club's yeah. fantastic. We yeah. are
2: the Fink Club. His and voice just, makes it, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah,
0: it's really, really great. And so, you know, um, yeah, it's not it's not perfect, but I actually think when I Is I'm even looking... static age
1: perfect though. No Is there no. any such
0: thing as a perfect Misfits album? Um, probably not I think the Static no. Age is the closest thing yeah. to it I yeah. wouldn't yeah. but then the thing about a band like Misfits is although at 44 minutes and 42 seconds with 18 tracks it does feel like quite long for essentially what it is like you need you want your punk albums to be you
1: know half an hour
0: just blah 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 and out really yeah. they're the best ones I couldn't tell you exactly which songs I'd take out of it
1: no um, other than the first one, which I bet is just about to, track. Track.
0: <laughs> yeah, about to tell us which one going. to I mean, e-
1: e- even the weaker ones, like Hunting Humans, Witch Hunt, like they don't jump out as much as the rest, but I w- don't necessarily think I'd skip them or cut them out. And oh, obviously, yeah. if you take out the first and last, then that's just the instrumental kind of interlude and yeah, outro. Which makes it 40 minutes. 60
2: to, to, to be honest, yeah. I, do, I do think that intro and outro is completely pointless. Mm. Um, oh, yeah, okay, but,
0: yeah but, I mean, I didn't really not
2: really counting them no no no, sure but i i um i think there are i think there are good songs on this record and great songs and i Mm. think of the 18 or so um you know maybe maybe 10 or 11 are good and then there's seven you know seven or eight great Mm. songs um i don't ever skip any or anything like that no it's just i just like taught quick punk yeah. records. I just I just think it would have been a and and I always think, you know, if you leave songs off of an album, you can always use them as B-sides and like discovering they enough of them by this point. Well, <laughs> know, at that yeah. point they probably did. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. we yeah. got B-sides. Yeah, 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 yeah. Of course, of course. But yeah. there's something I think um if you look at bands like Pearl Jam and Pumpkins and stuff like that, their B-sides are so strong because they often it was just like well, this isn't going to fit on the album, but it doesn't mean it's a bad song necessarily. Mm. And I think um, taking that approach to it might have been, you know, just made it a bit tighter and tauter. This would have been a phenomenal 35-minute album.
1: Yeah,
0: definitely. No doubt. Um,
1: Here's an interesting question. If anyone listening to this has never heard a Misfits album in its entirety before, would you guys advise or suggest they go to Famous Monsters or Static Age first? Um...
2: uh, It depends on who I
1: was recommending it to.
2: Yeah,
0: Uh, there is a lot of that because the thing about Static Ages is that, I mean, I I remember hearing it and by that point I was into, you know, like early Keith Morris era, Black Flag, um, MDC, Minor Threat. Hardcore. Yeah, hardcore. (laughs) Not so bad, the hardcore music. (laughs) Um, You know, like what I would say is, so if you'd give, when this came out, if you'd have given me Static Age when this came out, because, you know, I, I, I was sick of it all, one of my favourite bands at that point. I still couldn't listen to No Blood, No Sweat, No Tears because of the production. So I wasn't like, I was a bit like, ah, that 80s production. Sorry, to sound like you now, Renfrew. Hey. Yeah, yeah, it's rubbing off on you. Yeah.
2: Um, I uh, Makes a difference from me rubbing off on you. Oh, hey. that's a horrible thought. And, um, <laughs> and, um, and
0: uh, yeah, I, I still, I struggled with that kind of, early 80s punk rock or, you know, kind of late 70s, early 80s punk rock production. So I think had you have given me uh, Static Age when I first heard Famous Monsters, I probably would have been like, oh God, I can't really listen to this. But the strength of the songs are so strong. I mean, as much as the stuff on here is great and it feels like a really, like you say, this kind of kitsch, fun, well over the top OTT bubblegum, punk rock kind of 50s rock and roll extravaganza and it's really exciting and it's kind of you know day glow brilliance the songs on static x a static x sorry static age oh <laughs> yeah <that> was a <laughs> slip the tongue. The tongue. um the songs on static age are just so great and they feel fucking like that i mean those songs Instantly feel, iconic
1: as well, don't they? Although yeah. they are so dirty and raw, yeah. it's like when you first hear Teenage Kicks, there's just songs which stand oh. out as like, this is a timeless mm. fucking masterpiece. Yeah. But, it's not
0: like TV casualty feels uh, like hurtful. Yeah. Mm. Do you know what I mean? But that actually feels really raw and, and heavy.
2: There are people... Uh, I'm talking about young people. I might be talking directly to you right now. <laughs> talking you, to the kids. Yeah, talking to the kids who... Um, Cannot get behind I mean, those, you know. There are people who I talk to who are 10 years younger than me who are like, Oh, I've never really given Master of, Pu- Master of Puppets a chance because the production's so bad, and um, <laughs> and it's and it's kind of like, you know, I mean, I don't
1: care for those people
0: <laughs> i wouldn't give them static age or famous monsters i wouldn't give them I give
1: them spice I, girls debut yeah, album.
0: Mate, i wouldn't give them mouth-to-mouth <laughs> resuscitation if they were having a heart attack
2: <laughs> but i'm just i'm just saying those those people can acknowledge that the songs are great because maybe they see metallica live and they've seen battery live or master of puppets or mm. orion or whatever but when they go back to the record because they're so used to a very clean digital type of production that we that bring me the horizon kind yeah. of sound yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah because yeah. they're so used to that they find it really difficult to listen to that and master of puppets is certainly for 1986 a well-produced record yeah static age um even uh, when did static age when when, when did it was, well, it it was meant, meant to, come, to out? come out in like 1980 i believe yeah yeah Nineteen like even if it had come out in 1980 it would have sounded fucking shit you know mm. like purely production production wise yeah, yeah
0: yeah maybe i mean i guess I, I,
1: it's not off-putting though well do you I, know what i mean like i don't think is
2: that's the thing i don't think it is to us i think there are some people who it would be off putting I,
0: I have a thing about i mean with production i this to me always feels like well, when we talk about production and then you do it when we talk about so you would say lot, start
1: with famous monsters
2: um I think it depends on the. Per- I think it depends on the person. If if you are a young person,
1: I <laughs> say famous monsters, famous monsters. If, if you, you're if, old, why haven't you heard the misfits yet? <laughs> yeah. If you if, 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 your you're, if you're if <laughs> you're able
2: if you are able to listen to music pre two thousand and three, then static static age, yeah. And it, but it does. It really does depend on the person. I'm recommending this whole
0: thing about production because, like you know, it, it does take a while, but then. Do you not feel like, and, you know, I'm not kind of markedly aiming this at you particularly, Renfri, but I am interested as we have a lot of production chats sometimes. If you're really, really, really passionately interested in music, does it
2: get to the point for me where production is just not important? But when you have, and this is my devil's advocate view, I do not feel this myself, when you have access to all of the recorded music in the world, it's very easy to go, nope, move on because there's you know master of puppets isn't doing it for me but i've got every other single record the the yeah exactly um and and you know i mean i don't want to go too far into this because we have discussed it before but it's about you know we purchased records and like even if you don't like it initially you stick with it and Mm -hmm. you keep you know you keep at it and um you will get used to that eventually and i don't think there's as much of that with kids today i don't think when
1: you're young you take that into consideration at all though I never did, ever. I never heard an album, you know, pre-being 25, if not even later, by the time I got on the radio and you'd hear a song actually go out on air and you go, oh, God, that. And now I get it when I'm DJing. Like last night I played Madhouse by Amphrax and it sounded fucking abysmal. Mm. It sounded so bad. And that was only after, like, I think Metallica, Master of Puppets, mm. or certainly a yeah, song was of after, around yeah. that time. 87. And, no, I mean in my set. Oh, right. Okay. So I played Metallica and then I went into uh, Madhouse and it just sounded fucking dirge. I wouldn't turn it off if I was at home. Well, I probably wouldn't be listening to Anthrax at home, let's be honest. But <laughs> I've never heard a song in the confines of my own space and gone, oh, I don't really like the production there. Mm. Certainly not as a kid growing up. Because mm. you're, you're judging things on the strength of the songs, the lyrics, the melodies, the power of the voice, or certainly the, the quality of the voice, the uniqueness of it. Yeah. That's, ha- that's how I always... I have, I mean, you know, I,
0: I think up. if, you know, like for me, listening to the hardcore that I'd started listening to at that point, when you think, you know, when you listen to something like Poison the Well, which sounded really kind of, or or Killsage Engage, you know, when those metalcore bands started sounding really, like when you got, when I got into that, and that was what I listened to a lot of, Dillinger, like Calculate Infinity, which sounds fucking incredible, do you know what I mean? It seems really precise. And then people go, oh, you want to listen to Minor Threat. I mean, you can't help but go, oh, yeah hold on yeah Do you yeah you know what i mean you can't help but go that is so different that i need to sort of find new yeah, ways yeah, yeah, to, yeah, yeah, new yeah, yeah, ways yeah. to reappropriate it or new minor threats
1: arguably it. way worse than misfits though right i don't Head think, think so worries. no i think static oh.
0: age i think static age is worse not worse produced but i think static age is much muddier than even minor threat
1: really yeah hmm. I think maybe so. i need to go back and listen to it god i mean i think i, don't I remember, think i don't static, remember it being that I, I think Static Age
0: sounds fucking great but then I love the fact that it, it just sounds like it's been recorded on a dictaphone it's yeah, like yeah, yeah. it sounds like they've put a recorder in the room and turned everything up too loud
1: maybe it's just the strength of those songs
0: yeah no I think it, like, 100% it is, it is yeah, yeah,
1: yeah.
0: But I th- mean they, they barely sound like the guitars barely sound like instruments you know it doesn't. they hardly even sound like instruments it's yeah. minor threat you go well there's the bass and there's the drums and there's where Static Age just goes <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah. with Danzig shouting over yeah, the yeah. top boom yeah. But do listen to this album; it's very good. Uh, yeah, it's great. <laughs>
0: but anyway, we should talk about. So, yeah, I, I think probably uh, you'd be on safer territory giving someone
1: famous monsters yeah. first.
0: Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. Start Matt? there, work your way back. Well, I'd, go, I'd go famous monsters first every time because then you hear that and you go, "Oh my god, this is great!" Mm. And then you get to hear Static Age exactly. afterwards, yeah, yeah, and yeah. you're like, "Oh fuck me!" Yeah, yeah that's true. Yeah, yeah. That
0: is true. Uh, let's talk about Michael Graves. So, Michael Graves did two albums uh with the misfits was it two yeah it was yep. this one and yep. it was the one we spoke about before. American, Psycho. American Psycho um and got a bit of um
1: big shoes to fill in it
0: big shoes to fill particularly when you think you know the Misfits hadn't been a band for fucking god knows how long until they came back with this new lineup with a new singer mm. and it yeah. rarely with that big a gap it rarely works. I can't think of many bands it has worked for Maybe Alison Chains, or that it was only really kind of that was less than a decade between William Duvall and Lane Staley.
1: Has uh, there been another band with those? I mean, Descendants, same singer, like timeframe may be around the same sort of gap. But I mean, it's quite an unprecedented scenario, isn't it? What to come to back kind with of it? be this iconic band that burns really brightly and then disappears for so long mm. and then reforms with a brand new singer.
0: Yeah.
1: I don't know whether there's ever been a band like quite like that usually the singers replaced instantaneously isn't it and then it just carries on yeah well like Alison with a couple of years Alice in what the was theirs like a decade or Yeah like about even a decade left. so the
0: last gig Alison changed did it was 14
1: years but also their was music was
0: 14 years between albums yeah but not between no William DeVal joining about the band cuz they did yeah. download in 2006 didn't they so it's about a decade and time. i think yes yeah, so it's about a decade i think Alison Chang's last show with lane it was, was 96 was 96 and obviously they didn't officially split up. And it wasn't until Lane died in 2000, uh, 2001 that, that yeah. it was really like that's over. So you're looking at a five year gap yeah. that Allison Chains were yeah. officially not a band. Yeah.
1: Um, but their music was a lot more widely and readily available. Definitely, yeah. Definitely. they didn't have anything like that kind of cult mm. mythology and yeah. aura yeah. Yeah. around them. Undoubtedly. So,
0: yeah. yeah. So an odd thing for Michael Graves to have to kind of step into, um, and I don't really understand why. I mean, it's because people are moany poses a lot of the time. <laughs> well, yeah, There's exactly. a lot I, of it. in all of the early stuff, man. Yeah. I
2: was actually going to ask you, being um, we've now decided punk rock uh, expert for this show. I was going to <sighs> ask. A tough burden to bear. <laughs> that is. <laughs> I was going to ask your opinion on this because I've never. I suppose this being my entry point for Misfits, I've never really understood the the, the vitriol against uh Michael Graves it just seems so OTT Uh, because because let's face it oh i'm a bit worried about saying this in front of steve um glenn well no 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 you'll agree with this glenn danzig is not a technically proficient singer it's not like he's a good
1: singer no you know he's a bob dylan and neil young yeah old school references again yeah 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 yeah, it's a unique voice that has character yes but he's not necessarily technically proficient
2: he he definitely is not (laughs) technically proficient (laughs) so what what do you what's your um theory as to why people are just so
1: vitriolically
2: against it is it what steve says or
1: completely it's not based in any uh lack of ability on michael graves's part it's quite the opposite i I would argue
2: michael graves is a singer i think
1: he's a better singer definitely i think it's the cult thing isn't it it's the cult phenomenon cult bands attract crazy overzealous Mm. uh unreasonable fans Mm. (laughs) they just do and so mm. you're going to come yeah. at it with a very warped, distorted sense of ownership. Yep. And you're going to be like, this is my band and that's the only era that matters. It doesn't occur to the same extent with ACDC because generally people are like, well, Back in Black's a, you know, yeah. a yeah. flawless album yeah, and you'd yeah, have yeah. to be an idiot to say that it isn't. Mm. But there are still those that go bonds the real ACDC mm-hmm, because the, mm-hmm. the lyrics are more gritty and just a bit more intelligent and street. But with Misfits, I think it is literally just like it is almost, almost, I don't want to liken it to the Norwegian black metal stuff, but it's almost like that kind of cult, very underground. Mm. Do you know what I mean? I, think, and it I, attracts I don't certain think it's a bad comparison. Of a uh, crazed fan. And he, he was destined to fail, really, from day yeah. one, wasn't yeah. it?
0: And yeah. also, I think what needs to be taken in con- into consideration a bit as well is Danzig became a big star. Yes. With Danzig, yes. with, yeah. with Sam Hain, um, became bigger than The Misfits. Yes, yes. Um, Commercially speaking, at least. Like you say, the cult thing. And I think a lot of people got into The Misfits off the back of, you know, the first couple of Danzig albums. And he became... Yeah,
1: Danzig There were probably people listening to The Misfits who
0: didn't even know who Jerry Only was. They just went, oh yeah, Danzig. So when Misfits come back and the only thing they know about them isn't there. And especially the only thing they know about them isn't there and it's been replaced by someone who has, you know... A, a more, a, a probably a less masculine sounding voice, well, definitely more. Man, yeah, you know, because Michael Graves, it's much more melodic mm-hmm. and it's much more sung, whereas Danzig is that kind of you know curled lip, like snarl, evil Elvis. A, yeah, yeah, snarl of a, of, a, of a vocal. So, I mean, the one thing about Famous Monsters that I suppose for the ha- the haters <laughs> that you'd have to kind of agree with is like it does lose a huge part of the personality of what the misfits originally was. And that is Glenn Danzig. Um, you know, Michael, how many people Michael Graves.
1: saw Mark one misfits? Like that's, well, no, of course. That's of course. Thing, yeah, yeah. I mean, it? you know, it's yeah. when uh, you get people with the drop kick Murphy's I talked to Al bar about it. He obviously joined on the second album. You like, well, you're not the original singer. Uh, yeah, so like you weren't that. even fucking born when Mate. I was already in the band, but like, <laughs> it's always young kids isn't it that first album Dropkicks you love it it's my favourite yeah. one yeah. <laughs> but do you know what I mean it is, it's, it's often the case that the I've got no problem who, with
0: Al Bar though he's
1: great people who shout the loudest often weren't even alive and certainly not old enough to be buying those records or going to the shows when mm. the first incarnation of the band was around mm. so it is a purely elitist hipster. Well,
2: my favorite Metallica show was when they did it. Whiskey a go-go with Dave Mustaine two years before I was born. Of so, course, of course know. it was. Well, yeah, how, it was, how would it not be that? Yeah, yeah, it was brilliant. I mean, they played all my favorite songs, you know, ride the lightning. Yeah. Um, I disappear. <laughs>
0: <laughs> ah, but I have, I have, uh, yeah, <laughs> but I have reached a point, like I said, where I kind of initially, uh, I did initially dismiss and I was one, I was never there. Do you know what I mean? But I still went, nah, Danzig. So I've been that guy. Like I understand it. You, a
1: punk rock elitist? Yes. No. Um, yeah. And, <laughs> no, yeah, Yeah. I, yeah, I am. <laughs> yeah.
0: But so it took a little while before I actually, you know, I kind of went back. And it was only because I'd listened to um, the, the Danzig stuff so much that I just thought this band is so brilliant. And I thought, I'm going to give that those Michael Graves albums another try. And uh, yeah, they were great. And they are great, you know. It's, yeah. The, they're it, really good they're really they, this album is really good yeah Really, yeah very it's good.
2: really good do so so, you prefer um, this one to American Psycho yeah yeah I agree
1: yeah yeah obviously yeah, yeah do you yeah. reckon there's many cases where a band has replaced their singer and it's just been atrocious and a travesty Yeah. they should have never bothered do you want to know the what, what are the top three
0: you're not going to like this at all because I know you're mates with him go on Whitfield Crane in Life of Agony
1: Okay. It's a disaster. I can see that because the two worlds from West just Coast, work, Sunshine, yeah. California, kind of mm. cock rock. Wit, wit hates that term, but they're very much of that world mm-hmm. uh, with obviously kind of dark, introspective, which albums, tough.
2: Which albums did Wit Phil Crane do? He didn't actually they record
1: They didn't do an they album, didn't record but he an an just album. joined them and played yeah. live.
0: I saw them uh, at the He talks Osford's. very highly
1: of that period though. And Alan talks very highly of Wit as well because although he might not have like fitted the mould. Yeah. He was, and still is a great front man and mm. knows how to control big crowds. Well, actually,
0: crowds. you know, it was, I say it was rubbish. The thing is, I saw them at the Ozfest. They went on straight, they went on literally two minutes after Pantera finished playing the main stage at Ozfest 98. Life of Agony went on to the second stage. I mean, uh, talk about drawing a fucking short straw. Yeah. Uh, but, um, and Whitfield Crane, Wit was like climbing up on the scaffolding upside down and stuff and i was but then playing like you know through and through and
1: this time and all these
0: like really and it was like highly very exciting um and i'm not sure but i'm not sure it quite
1: just a a weird fit
0: works in in any way but but it was but you know he could sing those songs
1: he's got a great voice Mm. i think that's something that the world has never acknowledged is the quality of that man he's got that almost cornell yeah. quality i mean he said you know in terms of the way
0: that it kind of sounded tonally it was it was brilliant and i thought they were really good that day actually they were actually really good that day it's just
1: <laughs> too jarring
0: it was really it was just odd and as a massive life of agony fan i was just like what's happened here this is just really <laughs> weird so, that so was, that's let's put that that's in
2: one um renfrey you got any um, the the most obvious one that comes to mind is quite quite an obvious one but blaze bailey and maiden i guess mm. um although i think there are blaze bailey's songs which are underrated but yeah under, i mean you don't want to talk about maiden for too long <laughs> <laughs> no i don't <laughs> so, mind you know, i don't you know, mind
1: Stephen just firmly <laughs> shaked his head <laughs>
2: Um, but, um I mean the but that's a very obvious one. I would say. Another
0: one that I would say, and it's actually well, this is for the opposite reasons. Uh Matt Skiba is far too good to be wasting his time oh, on right. Blink 182. <laughs> I don't go. care how many fucking albums that piece of shit band sell <laughs> and how many people tell me how influential they were to pop punk. They are a crap band and they've always been crap. Get their crappy fucking alien matey back to hang around with to hang around with the fucking plane wreck guy and the, the other the other shit one and fucking make your crap music and let Matt Skiba get on with the 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 business of making good Alkaline Trio albums. I listened to... They're a good Alkaline Trio band, obviously, a massive influence by the I, I listened
2: to Enema of the State just yesterday because yeah. the sun was out for the first time in a long time. You and thought,
0: oh, this is too nice a day. <laughs> I better have something rubbish going it's on. It's one of
2: my go-to sun albums. I, I, lo- I, I wouldn't call myself a Blink-182 fan, but I am definitely an Anima of the State fan. I fucking love that record. I'm, Matt, trying, to think,
1: I'm trying to think of any. I, I can't... Off the top of my head, I can't think of any, any instance where I've gone... Ooh. Should have left it. Um, in Excess. I saw In Excess with their um,
0: the singer they got from uh, the kind of Australian equivalent of American Idol uh, about 10 years after Michael Hutchence died. And I saw them. They played the Shepherds Bush Empire uh, for a sort of special MTV gig. And as much as I like those songs, it was kind of gross watching someone parade around dressed like a dead person and trying their best. It was this sort of really awful Michael Hutchins karaoke.
2: Would people feel the same way? I'm not expressing this as opinion because I've never actually seen them, but Queen with Paul Rogers, would people feel was that was way about that? that? Yeah, thinking, Adam Lambert and, as well. I think people Adam would Lambert. seem to look
1: Adam Lambert. Well, Adam Lambert, I got to see them in Sydney, uh, sat almost as far away as I am from you right now. So we're talking a metre and a half. Mm. And uh, he was... Fucking phenomenal. Yeah. He had the camp showbiz larger than life kind of performance quality of Freddie down to a T, but did it in his own way. And he made a point from pretty much the start of the show of saying, I'm not Freddie, I'll never be Freddie. There'll never be another Freddie. I like you am a fan here to celebrate his music. Are you with me? And he had the crowd basically in the palm of his hands mm. from the first song mm. and God the guy can sing. Mm. And it was just a very joyful, like professionally executed. Gig and I was mm. i was did blown he, away.
0: Did he go uh, better? <laughs>
1: <No>. <laughs> he did ride around stage on like a diamond encrusted bicycle. Like he was yeah. super camp, but he didn't go do So lost, lost some, or maybe gained some points. Did he do that? Did he, that. do that? did he do that? He didn't really do much of that. No, anyway. no, but they were I, great. I, but I
2: feel like that would be stepping over the mark, surely, yeah, yeah, yeah. if he had. Yeah. B- Billy
1: Joe, take note. Oh, God. <laughs> how, many, <laughs> how many minutes of our lives has he wasted? doing that yeah yeah you're in green day mate
2: yeah
1: good talk anyway there you go <laughs> <laughs> thanks that was a really dour ending to that <laughs> I, know, I thought <laughs> we'd bring it full circle punk rock. <laughs> that's very
2: good back to green day <laughs> thanks doug
0: um doug ray that was your suggestion famous monsters uh, by the misfits good chat chaps like i say if you're on patreon and you are listening to this on the patreon page thank you very much for your uh your continued support in the podcast if you I listened to it way, way down the line, month, years later, mm. and where everyone's dead. Mm. We've all died from syphilis, mm-hmm. probably. Yeah. Um, We're sorry. millionaires. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Then um, you should probably go over to patreon.com forward slash Right out podcast. And you could have heard this fucking
1: ages ago, mate.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Matt's got a private jet. Yeah. Mm. Um,
1: Life in the Stocks, check it out
2: yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, do you want to, to... I'll give my podcast a uh, little plug yeah, that's yeah. all right. Matt, Matt, Matt yeah, thank course. you very much for coming on and Matt uh, has a wonderful podcast called Life in the Stocks um, Do you have any interviews coming up in, oh, I don't know August 2022 <laughs> for those idiots <laughs> who don't
1: pay for this shit Well without knowing that far in advance <laughs> who's going to be on the show I can tell you who has already been on and you can go and very have a nice. look through the vast back catalogue Season 1 is up there in its entirety which is uh, 96 episodes long, well 100 but the final four are sort of best ofs. Uh, everybody from Tom Green, the comedian, Steve's favourite, <laughs> yeah. to uh, John Lydon from Sex Pistols, Gene Simmons from Kiss, of we course. We have John Lydon on this
2: very podcast. Just oh, the it's goes, me, Johnny!
1: <laughs> Be Real from Prophets <laughs> of Rage and Cypress Hill has been on there. Tom Morello, um, loads of people. Lou Collar from Sick of It All, Mina Caputo from the aforementioned Life of Agony. Yep. Um, loads of guests, and it's basically yeah, me and them talking about our life and the world. So and you know it, the one I'm most jealous of? What's that? Gail Porter. Gail Porter was a particularly powerful Porter. episode. Tears yeah, were shed. Yeah. Uh, hearts were revealed. And um, oh. yeah, real inspirational person. She's been through hell. She has. Yeah, and back. Yeah. And she's still fierce and fun. And uh, yeah, that was a good one. And they're all on iTunes, Spotify, and Acast. Life in the stock. So yeah. Lovely stuff. Check it out. Nice.
0: All right. Well, thanks very much for coming on, Matt. Um, I echo those sentiments that you were just saying about... Brie Gail Porter. Yeah, well, yeah, and about all the, the good chats you've done with people. I'm, I I listen. I like it. Particularly Lou Collar. That was good.
2: And Gail Porter. All right. <laughs> all right,
0: anyway, um, <laughs> thanks very
1: much for listening. Go on then, fuck off.